Today's episode is brought to you by Mimic Vinyl. As you guys know, I recently went to Hawaii. I went to the Silhouette Summit there, and although I'm not a crafter, I learned so much about Silhouette's incredible new product lineup, and I was amazed at all the things that these machines can do. I was like actually legitimately blown away. And now I'm partnering with Mimic Vinyl to help everybody get their hands on these cool new machines. Silhouette creates precision machines and powerful software designed to empower DIY enthusiasts and small businesses. Silhouette helps makers engage in the creative process through craft and DIY projects, and guys, I mean it. I like, I kept thinking during the conference about all of the things that I buy that people like use these machines for. So I'm like talking t-shirts, stickers, mugs, etc. And I buy all these things and people are just making them in their homes with these cool printers. And I was very amazed. That's just like, it's very insane to me, okay? The Silhouette Cameo 5 is Silhouette's most powerful cutting machine with the new stable roll feeder, an automatic cross cutter, improved adjustable rollers, and power tool options. Silhouette rolled out a lot of new products on the first day of the conference, but this one for sure got the biggest rise out of the crowd. I tell you, the crowd went feral. People were hooting and hollering. It was very exciting, and I'm excited to try this machine out soon. And Mimic Vinyl wants everybody to have a chance to try these cool new machines as well, so they are offering all my listeners a free 12-pack of vinyl to all customers who use my link. So if you go to mimicvinyl.com slash chat and buy any of these cool new machines, including the Cameo 5, you can get a free 12-pack of vinyl added to your purchase. And guys, I promise you, if like when I was explaining what the printers do, if it sounded like Greek to you, kind of like how it did to me, I promise you, like seeing these machines in action just looked so cool. And I just kept thinking about like all the cool things that I have that people use these machines for. Does that sentence make sense? I think it does, right? I just kept thinking about all the cool things that I have that people have used silhouette machines for. And now I'll be able to make those in my own home. And that's very exciting to me. So anyway, go to mimicvinyl.com slash wanna chat and you can get a free 12 pack of vinyl along with your brand new Cameo 5 or whatever printer suits your fancy. Does does that sound like a fancy way to talk about fancy printers? I think so. Anyway, now on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm so excited. This is a long-awaited episode. It's our fall movie preview. I'm so excited. How many times have I said I'm excited? Many. And I mean it. I mean it every single time. Anyway, this is our fall movie preview. We're going over everything that you need to be looking out for this fall and this winter at the movies. So we're going to be talking about the new Hunger Games movie. We're going to be talking about the Ares tour movie. We're going to be talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Ferrari, a weird new biblical musical movie starring Antonio Banderas and the dude from the zombies movies on Disney Channel, Milo Mayhem. Mayhem. I don't know how you say his last name. How cool would it be if it was Mayhem though? That'd be nice. I should Google it. I should figure this out. But we will be talking about the new musical comedy biblical retelling of the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, I guess, in musical form. Anyway, there's a lot to go over. I'm so excited. Here I am yet again saying I'm excited. Do you believe me yet? You should. Because I'm excited. So anyway, there's a lot to chat about. So let's get on with the show. Hello. Okay. Hi. I'm here yet again with Alex. I feel like I can't even give like a long explainer anymore because you know what it means when Alex is on here. It means not only do we get to like hang out with Alex, but it also means that I did not do my job and I did not find a guest for this week, which seems to be a pattern. I don't think I've had a guest on the podcast other than Alex for, you know, about a month because, you know, 
I want to say like life is crazy. Like, oh, I've been busier than normal, but I think I'm just like normal amount of busy and I just need to reprioritize things because I did have time to basically read the same book twice last week. And yet I still don't have, um, I'm here claiming that I didn't have time to find a guest, which doesn't really make sense. By the way, I know I keep, you know, talking about it on my Instagram, but I'm going to talk about it here too. I just read the movie or read the book fourth wing i'm obsessed i'm obsessed i feel a little dorky i need to get over that because you know it doesn't matter if you're a dork or not but whatever like the books are about dragons and that's kind of a hang up for me but i'm obsessed i love it and i i think i've like because i like i read the book couldn't stop thinking about it for like two days and then like went back and read my favorite parts again so anyway i'm a little unhinged but anyway alex is here alex hello hello everybody i feel like i'm a regular guest now how does it feel it feels I feel like I'm part of the pod. At what point would you tell somebody in your real life? Like if the conversation goes to podcasting. Alex, for those who don't know, um, which I'm sure is all of you. I don't know why anybody would know what Alex does for work. But Alex is an engineer. Let's say, let's like picture a scenario here. Taking away like being proud of your wife or whatever. Like that doesn't come into play in the scenario. In what in what kind of situation would you be like, oh yeah. Like if you're in the office talking to your fellow engineering guys and the conversation is about podcasting, is there ever a situation where you'd say, Oh yeah, I've been on a podcast before? My wife has a podcast or something. Like not in a nice like, oh yeah, podcast. My wife has a podcast. Like not in like a, I'm a I'm proud of her kind of way, but like you're telling people that you've been on a podcast before. I could see that happening. Have you ever told anybody ever? Yeah, some yeah, I talked told someone recently. Who did you tell about it? A coworker. Who? A I mean, coworker. you don't have to like name, but like yeah. This is starting very... to sound like a George Glass situation from the Brady Bunch. Like, George, <laughs> George Glass, a coworker. <laughs> coworker was interested when I told him about that you had the podcast. But very did, impressed. But did you say I'm on the podcast sometimes? And at what no, point No, I didn't mention that, but I wouldn't not want to mention that. And if you're on a weekly podcast every week for a month, at what point do you become a podcaster? And can that you, is a good question. And when can you start to tell people, oh, I don't know. I'm like a semi-regular on a podcast. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. What would your reaction be if somebody from your office was like, hey, Alex, I listened to the pod recently. Like, Great. What did you think? You would really say that? You wouldn't be like a little embarrassed. I don't think I would be embarrassed unless I said something dumb, I guess. I have to say, though, I don't think... I think you're, like, one of the most, like, self-assured people I've ever met in my whole life. Like, I don't think that you really get embarrassed of anything. Which is a compliment. I don't, <laughs> I don't my, know what I would of, say about that. But. The tone of my voice did not make it sound like a compliment. But it is very true. Like, I don't... I truly do not think that you care in, like, the best way possible, like, what people think. Would you agree? To some extent. I don't know. I think that you, um, dang it. Sometimes I wish that you were on MySpace so we have, like, the same kind of upbringing. Like, I wish that we were on MySpace at the same kind of time so I could say, like, you live that DGAF lifestyle. 
but like you don't know what I'm talking about. And also, you don't say the F is. word. Neither, you know, this means like you don't even give a uh-huh. F. But like that was like a lifestyle back on the MySpace days. That was a lifestyle when I was like twelve and thirteen. Wow. I think I knew somebody that said that they wanted to get the initials DGAF like tattooed on their knuckles. That would have been. But you're a like great idea. You're like the original DGAFer. But like while I was living the DGAF life on MySpace, or like wishing that I could. And I was like 13, you were like in Brazil on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, two... LOL. Two ships passing in the DGAF night. Hey, guys, we're going to actually talk about pop culture. Do you want to do that? Um. Anyway, there hasn't been that much going on. The strike is still striking. Um, there's been, you know, horrible tragedy and conflict going on in the world. And also, I mean, like, it sounds dumb to follow that horrible thing up with what I'm about to say. Just know that I'm not, you know, weighing one over the other here. But um, also Taylor Swift wasn't at any football games over the last weekend. So, like, there's, just not, tragedy. there's just not that much to talk about. I, again, like, I'm not conflating the two. I'm just saying, you know... There's not like too yeah, much to chat about. Yeah, you didn't even want to watch football this week. I know. Can it was you believe it? It's a letdown. It? I was starting to get used to it. So, pe- <laughs> so people online track Taylor Swift's private jet, and it was headed that way. So people thought that she was going to be there, but I mean, it, to me, it makes logistical sense that she's not there at the game this week because later on this week we'll get to it in a minute because this is our fall movie preview episode. Um, She's releasing a movie later this week and then like a week later releasing an album and then going back on tour and all this crazy Ooh, stuff. She's got a lot. Thought that we were busy. <laughs> yeah, somehow not as busy as Taylor Swift, believe it or crazy. not. I do run like three different carpool routes a day, twice a day, but you know, not as busy as Taylor Swift. But also, I would like to think that if Taylor Swift had to like live in my shoes for <laughs> yeah, one day and like drive these children and get not them, hack it. get them in and out of their car seats, like I mean, she is fearless and she could do anything. But could she get four children in and out of car seats ten plus times a day and not and not every crack. day in tears? <laughs> I know I can't. <laughs> anyway, um, long story short, there is not that much to talk about today. So I wanted to do something I've been wanting to do for a while, um, which is have a fall movie preview. So there's a lot of really good movies coming out this fall and this winter. So I wanted to kind of give everybody an overview of what to expect, what to look out for. Um, And, you know, if you're in the Las Vegas area, let's go to the movies to send me a text. I like to go every Tuesday night. Alex is like looking at me. Actually, I think I have to change my movie night because right now I'm speaking speaking on a Tuesday night because I want the podcast to be released every Wednesday. So I might have to change my movie night, which means that you won't get the discounted price. But that also means that you should you should just join me on my AMC um, A-list dubs account journey um, because then like you don't have to wait for discount Tuesdays. You could just go see as many movies as you want. Anyway, we're doing a fall movie preview. I am so excited. Um, as you guys know, as I mentioned earlier, there's a, the strike happening still. The writer's strike has ended. But the um, the Screen Actors Guild strike is still going strong. And a lot of the movies that were supposed to come out this fall and this winter got pushed. So like Challengers and um, Dune Part 2 and like a couple like superhero ones and stuff like they 
got pushed to, you know, spring, summer, etc. Or like next award season. But honestly, I mean, like, I don't want to say that anything about the strike is a good thing. But looking at the slate of movies, I think that if you are a person that likes to watch everything that comes out, you are going to be booked and busy because there are so many freaking movies coming out soon. So I made a little list. We're going to go over um, ones that you'll probably want to make sure that you want to see, especially if um, the Oscars and like the awards race matters to you. Anyway, um, without any further ado, let's get started. Before we start, before I start with my list, Alex, is there any movie that you're really looking forward to coming out? I think most of the ones that I was looking forward to got pushed. But Which one were you looking forward to the most? I think Dune I was looking forward to a bit. Yeah. Part two, yeah. I cannot think of Dune without... This is going to be so niche, and I'll post the clip on my... <laughs> On my TikTok, I can't even think about it without smiling and laughing. Um, you know that like noise that the little boy, I mean, not little boy, Timothy Chalamet, that like the noise from Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex just opened up his I mouth think, I think... and I thought he was going to sing it out. Somebody made a clip saying that it sounds like that noise, like that little sound sounds like Kurt Hummel. From Glee, like singing something. I'm gonna play a clip right now, but just picture Kurt Hummel singing this part. Get ready for the sound. Anyway, um, I don't know if that translated well via podcast, but just picture Kurt Hummel singing that from Glee, and basically that's my favorite thing about Dune. So I, too, am sad that we cannot see Dune Part 2. So then I can't, because, like, I won't be able to get the giggles, you know, until March when it comes out. But I also, thought you were actually looking forward to that. I mean, I am looking forward to it, but, I, I, like, I, I've watched Dune four times. I couldn't tell you the plot. You know what I mean? Spice. The Alexander spice. Skarsgård's dad, naked. The spice must flow. I know, and like when I say the spice, I'm not talking about Stellan Skarsgård naked. That's not the kind of spice I'm talking about. I'm talking <laughs> about like the spice of their, like, you know, that's about the plot of the movie. Anyway, this is deteriorating fast. Welcome, yes, to our fall, welcome to our fall movie preview, guys, and let's get started. Okay, so I want to quickly start with the movie Fair Play. As of right now, recording this on um, October 10th at 10:15 uh, p.m. I want to let everybody know that I've watched half of the movie Fair Play on Netflix. It just got released today, which is weird because it wasn't supposed to be released until the 13th, but I guess they just like released it early. I don't know, like maybe they didn't want to compete with the Eras movie or something. Who knows? But this is a movie starring um Phoebe Denavoir. I can't remember how you pronounce her last name, but um the girl from Bridgerton. And it also stars the guy that was in Han Solo movie. What's his name? Ella Rich is the last name, I believe. I know who you're talking about, but anyway, I you'll know you'll know him when you see him, I guess. But um, he's he looks like a knockoff um Janie Dornan, Dornan, in my opinion. I was watching it today, and I was like, Jamie Dornan vibes, but like the Timu version of Jamie Dornan. Anyway. It is a movie 
that is like very critically acclaimed. I think it won a lot of the top prizes at Sundance and it won um, like other film festivals as well. And it's like being looked at as like an awards possible contender, especially because there's a couple more uh, slots that have opened up. Um, So far, I like it. It's like a very um, like intense romantic drama. And there's like so far a fair amount of like sex scenes in it. So beware of that. But other than that, it's it's good so far. I've only watched half, but I uh, I'm excited to watch the other half and I will be doing that as soon as we're done here. So maybe I should quit my yapping so I could get back to it. But anyway, what was that called? It's called Fair Play. Fair Play. Does it have anything to do with sports? Zero percent. Zero percent. Zero percent to do with sports. Not interested. Travis Kelsey is not in this movie. Not interested. No, it's just a guy from Han Solo movie. It's like the premise is it's like two people working at some like stock financial advising company like where they're like trading like millions of dollars and stuff. Things I do not understand. I think that that's what they're doing. Okay. Anyway, they work in like these very high powered jobs and they're secretly engaged. But, like, they can't tell people that they're, like, in a relationship because I guess that's, like, a big no-no. Yeah. And then the right. girl ends up getting promoted above Ooh. her fiancé. When the fiancé thought that, like, the job was going to be his. Okay. So the whole plot is them, like, navigating. Like, they were so in love before this happened. And then this weird new power dynamic shifts. And it's, like, how is their relationship going to survive it? That I'm making it sound like... Like, that's, like, the premise, and that makes it sound mild. It is, like, intense, though. I don't know how to... I don't know how to fully describe. I think... um, I think Netflix categorizes it as an erotic thriller, where I'm, like, I don't know, like, if I'm, like, that thrilled right now, but it is, like, lots and lots of drama. So, anyway, it's on Netflix now. Um, Go watch it. Okay, um, next up on our fall movie preview, I won't talk about it too much because I know that we're all aware, all aware, but this Friday is the Eras Tour movie. I'm so excited. Um, I have one extra ticket available, BTW, if anybody in the Las Vegas, Alex has rolled his eyes. <laughs> Are you rolling your eyes because you actually want to come and you don't want me to sell this ticket over the pod? No, no, I'm good. I will watch it on Netflix. You're not going to get the same experience. I promise you that. Because also, if we, wa- I want you to go to the theaters to watch it. When we go back the second time, you'll come with me. I want you to go to the theaters to watch it because then you won't be able to like, be like scrolling on your phone or like, oh, I'm gonna go to the kitchen and get a snack like during tolerated or something like. That's not okay with me. <laughs> I need you Everyone to like sit there and feel the experience it. this in their own. No way. If you can't experience it, you know, at the SoFi Stadium. We're at Allegiant Stadium. Then the next best thing is seeing it with me at the um, Orleans movie theater. No, and our couch is not that comfortable. That's probably one of the least uh, optimal places to watch the Eras Tour movie. Unless you're like planning on standing up from our couch that's uncomfortable to dance. Devils roll their dice. Angels roll their eyes. Do, 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 do. Alex is not amused. Anyway, um, by <laughs> no, the way, let me just put in um, in writing here on the podcast, verbal writing. Um, let, let me publish this guess. I think 
that I have two theories about the surprise songs for this movie. It's either going to be A, the safe approach, which would be our song as the first surprise song. And then the second one would be You're On Your Own Kid, which I was there for. Have I ever mentioned that? Um, Is it possible she won't include any surprise songs? That's impossible. That's not possible. That's not going to happen. That's the biggest thing about the tour. Okay. Okay. Glad that Just we got that asking. out of the way. Glad that we got that out of the way. Anyway, and why do I think that that's what she will choose? I think that she'll do our song because on like the, in the trailer and in on the poster it says debut, like she's going to do her like self-titled album, and that's the only surprise song that she sung during like the taping period of the movie. Like she taped for three nights at the SoFi Stadium in L.A. And she only did one song from the self-titled album. And like there's not, she goes through like era through era in the tour, but she doesn't do her first album at all. So like Teardrops on My Guitar, our song, Picture to Burn, Should Have Said No, etc. She doesn't do any of those. So I'm pretty sure that she'll put our song as one of the surprise songs. So then like that era is covered. And then You're On Your Own Kid, just because it's like, encompasses the whole thing then friendship bracelets have been such a big thing and it's because of that line in the song so and also because i think she loves me so you know there's that um but my real theory about the surprise songs is that she's going to like that there's going to be different versions of the movie released at different theaters kind of like randomized that could be interesting because she is a capitalist queen and I can see her wanting something like for people to go back and like repeat watch. And I think people are committed enough to do it, you know, to like catch all the different surprise songs. So that's definitely a possibility. And all the surprise songs that she did um, in LA, except for you are, you're in love. I mean, that song's like good, but I don't think that she would really put that one in a movie. Anyway. All of the surprise songs are very, um, like, our hits. Like, that, that, like, she didn't really do any deep cuts, you know? And there is precedent for this because um, in the um, springtime when, or in June, when Into the Spider-Verse came out, I guess, like, there were a ton of different versions of that movie that just got released everywhere. So, like, they yeah, had, like... Yeah, what was changed? I can't remember. Just, like, little clips, like, during, like, little, like, multiversal things they would like splice in different things like to be funny so there is precedent recent precedent for releasing a bunch of different movies digitally to people and like there's there's not like a film version of this one like it's all digital so anyway that's that's my prediction different surprise songs everywhere anyway okay so that's this friday um we have killers of the flower moon on october 20th um, that is the Martin Scorsese movie featuring um, or starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Jesse Plemons, Robert De Niro. Um, it's going to be very intense and it's going to be very long. It's going to be three hours and 29 minutes, but I will be there next Thursday for all of it. Just sitting there. I got my tickets at midnight when they came out like a nerd, but I wanted to make sure I had a really good seat. Nerd. Because I'm really excited. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And it's already been said that like the best picture race is basically between Killers of the Flower Moon and um, Oppenheimer. And I loved Oppenheimer. So I would love to see this one. And 
we're going to see if lightning is going to strike twice because with all these movies that I'm going to plan to see, I am planning on making one of my when should you pee videos again. The last one did really well. So the Oppenheimer one. So Oh, gotcha. Yes. So now this movie's even longer than Oppenheimer was. So I'm going to have to tell the people when to pee yes, once, it, maybe even twice. It, that's true. Yeah, you might need a second. Honestly, though, if you can't, no, if you can't hold your pee for three hours and you're not like pregnant, you don't have like a pre-existing condition or whatever, you gotta see your <laughs> your your medical provider. Yes. Go check with your provider if um you can't hold your pee for longer than, uh, you know, an hour. Anyway, that's Colors of the Flower Moon. I'm so excited. Um, then next up, I'm going like kind of chronologically, but. This list is going to go all over the place. Um, next up, we have Priscilla. Um, you can look for it in theaters on October 27th. It is based on Priscilla Presley's 1985 biography, Elvis and Me. Right now, I'm like reading a blurb from a, from a website, mind you. Like, these aren't, these aren't my words. Sofia Coppola's biopic stars Kaylee Spaney as a glamorous icon and Jacob Elordi, Elordi as the... Um, do you like how I said I'm going to read and then I can't even read out loud without stuttering? Jacob Elordi as her younger days Elvis, chronicling the courtship by her marriage to the king of rock and roll. The slick and stylish film is all Sofia Coppola and in her words is very more is very Marie Antoinette at Graceland. That makes us want to shake, rattle and roll for sure. Anyway, um, a movie podcast that I listen to and really trust is uh, The Big Picture and one of the hosts on it, Amanda Dobbins, she said that this is uh, was this was her favorite movie that came out of the Sundance Movie Festival. Really? Yeah, film festival. So I'm hopeful for it. I love Sofia Coppola. Have you ever seen any Sofia Coppola movies? Not that I know of. Marie Antoinette, The Virgin Suicides, Lost no, in Translation, no, The Bling no. Ring. No. Okay. So that's probably you know. I like these movies. Um, she's the daughter of a uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Do you know who that is? Oh no, I don't know who that is. The Godfather. Are you familiar? I've, I've Have heard. You ever heard I've of it? heard of it. Have you ever? Okay. I've heard it spoken. Right. You've heard it spoken, and so it is. Anyway, go see Priscilla in theaters on October twenty seventh. Um, it'll be very, very fun. Um, okay. Alex, what if I told you that there's a movie coming out about the birth of Jesus Christ? Would you be interested? Possibly. Oh my goodness, I thought you would have been like, I'll be there. I'll, I love Jesus. But anyway, and what if I told you that it's a musical with singing and dancing, starring Antonio Banderas as King Herod. Antonio Banderas. And the as kicker. In Spy Kids. Is that his accomplishment to you? Yes. Not even Puss in Boots? No. Okay. But yes, and Antonio Banderas from Spy Kids. Is Herod. Okay. Yeah. That's probably. And musical. That's. Musical, comedy, 
Okay, yeah, that's probably not. With singing and no. dancing. And the kicker? For me. Guess who's playing Joseph? Just guess. Does it just give me a wild guess of somebody who sings. Our daughter oh, really likes him. The greatest showman. No. Hugh Jackman. No. You think that Hugh Jackman is playing Joseph in the movie about 16-year-old Mary and Joseph in, in like, the birth of Christ. You think that that role is going to none other than Hugh Jackman? I mean, yeah. He's 60, I think, I believe. Give it, give it another guess. Another guess? What? Think Disney. Oh, um, zombie guy. Yeah, it's the guy from Zombies. Oh. Milo. He's talented. May, my, Mayhem? Milo, let me see how you say his name. All I wrote was Milo from Zombies. Sorry, guys. Um, so it's got Milo Man from high. Zombies. It's got Antonio Banderas. And, and Banderas. It's singing and dancing. It has comedy. The trailer is really something to behold. It's kind of insane. And here's the thing. I was watching the trailer, and at one point in the trailer, I feel like, I mean, I'm a very harsh critic when it comes to trailers, but when I was watching the trailer, I was like, they're giving too much of this away. And then I remembered that this is truly like a tale as old as, as time. Like, we know the story, so like, I don't need to be crying over here saying like, spoilers, they put in too much of the story in the trailer because like, we know the story, but the trailer is really something. But it's like a high-budget movie produced by Sony. I haven't heard about it until I started researching for this episode. And I'm like very tuned into things. But anyway, if you're curious about this movie, it's called Journey to Bethlehem. And you could look for it in theaters on November 10th. Well. Yeah. I'm going to go see it. And I'll report back. Okay. Journey you to Bethlehem. Back. I'm going to bring my daughter because she loves Jesus, Jesus and she loves... Um, Milo from Zombies. And a big Puss in Boots fan and an even bigger Spy Kids fan. Yes, true. So really this movie I think the was made for... The new version. This movie was made for Apparently. Piper Arndt. Um, Antonio Banderas is not in the new, the new version, just so you know. Um, anyway. Next up we have The Marvels, which is also on November 10th. I wonder which movie is going to sweep the box office that weekend. It's a head-to-head mashup. Instead of Barbenheimer, it's Journey to Bethlehem Marvels. What what can we like mash up the names with? I have a fancy new silhouette machine and I'll just make like a t-shirt because I had my Barbenheimer shirt last time. Yeah. And this time it'll be like Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um anyway, so the Marvels, here's the deal. Marvel has kind of lost me at this point. I was so excited when WandaVision came out. Endgame and Infinity War are one of my, like, both are some of my favorite movies. I love them. WandaVision, loved it. The first season of, season of Loki, I really liked it. They've lost me ever since. Far ever From since Home. the one episode? Or uh, No Way Home. I liked that one. That was a good one. But Doctor Strange, No. Secret Invasion, garbage. Yeah, that wasn't good. The worst thing that Olivia Coleman has ever been a part of. Big bummer for Olivia Coleman. And Amelia Clark. Yeah, big bummer for Amelia Clark. Um, anyway, so the Marvels is coming out on March, or sorry, on November tenth. 
I'm not that interested, but here's my fear. So like it's not being marketed, you know, as well because of the strike, right? Which is a bummer. People on the internet don't really like Brie Larson to begin with, and it stars Brie Larson. And I'm assuming that this movie is going to flop and it's probably going to be like blamed on Brie Larson and on feminism and on like shoving women and like female agenda down our throats. Like I'm not saying that any of my peers are going to be saying this, but I'm just saying like loud, annoying people on the internet are going to be saying things like that. Can you, is that within the realm of possibility for you, Alex? Yeah, I think you are pretty correct there. I can see that happening. Aren't, aren't I always? Especially. Pretty correct. <laughs> you're pretty good. Thanks, And Alex. I think, yeah, I could see that happening. And I feel like these movies have just been losing steam. So. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be a masterpiece. Well, and. It could be a fun movie. And I mean, like, they have but, this big Jonathan Majors problem, which was, like, very glaring to me in the Loki premiere of like season two of loki they have this jonathan majors problem where they had organized all of their stories around jonathan majors being like the new big bad like the new thanos character and then we can't have jonathan majors anymore or future unknown for jonathan majors so they're just like cutting around him so i I think that like Marvel is more more lost than ever, in my humble opinion. But that's just me. Anyway, next up we have The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, November 17th. I'm very excited. It's starring... I do like Hunger Games. I do love The Hunger Games. I didn't know there were actually prequels. So there's one prequel. One prequel. Do you know what it's about? No. Okay. If I were to tell you that we could get one spinoff story from The Hunger Games, what would be your dream spinoff story? Would you want, like, Phoenix story? Would you want, like, the first Hunger Games? Would you want, Yeah, the first Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what they decided to give us? Present Snow. Yeah. So you do know what it's about, you liar. Here I am making content. Okay. Here I am. I, I And then you just pull no, the rug out from under I me? I thought you were talking about the books. It's all the same. I thought this the isn't book an was original different. work. I thought it was different than the movie. I thought you were saying the books had a prequel story that was different. The Hunger Games books has yes. one prequel, which is The Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes, yeah. which is what the movie that we're going to see on November 17th. Okay. Starring Rachel Ziegler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, glad that we're clear on this. Anyway, I've long have like I have long not been interested in this whole story because I'm like, who the heck cares about President Snow? I don't want his backstory. But the trailer looks nice, and I love the Hunger Games movies. Potential they could make him. I don't know. Are they going to make him a nicer person who went bad or something? I. I like I do think that it humanizes him yeah. a little bit because I've seen so many TikToks where it's like, don't forget that this man is evil. And I'm like, okay, first of <laughs> all, like, can, we, can, we, can we all relax? Is evil. <laughs> Can't we all relax? <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I don't think anyone's forgetting. Like, I yeah. think we all know who President Snow is. I don't know. What I'm like the most worried about, and I mean, this is just me being selfish, but 
about a month ago over or no like two months ago I made a video um talking about the Rachel Ziegler backlash you know because people have been so mad at Rachel Ziegler for existing and for like just not sounding that like you know humble or down to earth or whatever in her interviews and to me all these interviews because like she was in snow she's doing interviews promoting snow white the new snow white movie that she's going to be in and she doesn't sound in some of the clips that she like loves snow white even though there's for every one clip where she sounds maybe not as like grateful or like maybe like a little complainy there's 10 clips of her saying like this is a dream come true this is all i've ever wanted this is the best thing that's ever happened to me but people won't listen to that but anyway there's these like clips of her going around where it's like we wrote a snow white like she's not gonna get saved by the prince um like the original snow white was written in 1937 and very evidently so or whatever and people got so mad about it my reading on it was like okay a little out of touch like it's not but like something's clearly not coming off how she wants it to because i think that she's trying to be like quirky funny relatable like very online energy like jennifer lawrence right so i made a video about that and people are out for blood because i mean like the elephant in the room is that all these people that are commenting are crazy psycho people who are so mad that a non-white person is playing snow white so like that's like the crux of the issue like that's where like these people's anger is coming from i've had thousands of comments from psychos because this video has like two million views now did you know about this yeah okay this video has like two million views now and i have thousands of comments from people being like she's ungrateful she's horrible like she hates snow white like no she like shit on the um on the source material like that's unforgivable she's not jennifer lawrence at all no like first of all i'm not saying that she pulled it off i'm just saying like i think that's energy that she's trying to give and second of all you're a psycho for getting so riled up about snow white (laughs) like okay do you want to know how messed up the internet and like tiktok and everything is in general somebody said in a comment like she deserves to be shot in the street about snow white about her maybe not sounding as grateful as she should be so i reported the comment to tiktok and then immediately it said like no no violation found but do you want to appeal it and i was like yeah i want to appeal it this guy is saying that this person this human should be shot in the street like that's horrible so i appealed it and then i got like a tiktok thing where like i got a tiktok lecture to me telling me what violent speech is and it's like when to report something and when not to like violent speech isn't things that just hurt your feelings and i'm like yeah this guy's saying that he wants to shoot somebody in the street my goodness anyway so so there's that anyway i'm really excited the trailer looks really good i've never been that excited about the book or about the story in general but the trailer looks beautiful so i'm very excited and i'm also regretting doing like that weird like chef's kiss noise on audio because (laughs) i don't know what that was anyway um next up we have trolls band together which is the reason for the season. And by the season, I mean it's the reason for NSYNC getting together. So let, let's just talk about this real quick. So everyone's like, if this NSYNC reunion is just to promote trolls, like, I'm going to be so pissed. First of all, I'm sure that they will tour or do some kind of residency soon because Justin Timberlake and the court of public opinion has not been, you know, well-favored. After, like, the Free Britney stuff and, like, the 
the kind of like social reckoning about his role in the Janet Jackson stuff and and all of that. Not like a very loved dude. And also remember how he was like kind of like flirting with that girl and like touching her all over on that like that balcony in New Orleans like four years ago. And then Jessica Biel, his wife, had to come out and be like, it's fine. Like what what in the world was that? Anyway, he's not very beloved. But so we have that issue. Issue number one. Justin Timberlake, not very well loved in the court of public opinion. Also, Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick, uh, the uh, the other actress in Trolls, Queen Poppy. Um, also, not like that very well liked, I guess, for some reason. Just like people, like, she rubs me the wrong way. Like, that's what people say about her, you know? But they can't even promote this movie, right? Justin Timberlake is a producer, and as a producer, he could promote the movie, but he cannot promote the movie as an actor, right? So him and Anna Kendrick cannot go on a press tour or anything because they, you know, are forbidden from doing that because of the SAG strike. But this whole NSYNC thing promotes the movie because of the strike. So they were able to get NSYNC together. I'm sure they paid them a ton of money. But honestly, even if they didn't pay a ton of money... I'm sure Joey Fatone is readily available. I'm sure if you gave me an hour and like 20 bucks to like pay for some like white pages things, I bet you I could find his phone number. Give me an hour and a $20 bill (laughs) and I can find Joey Fatone's phone number. Anyway, I'm just saying that he's readily available. So they probably didn't have to pay out that much, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, that movie's coming out on November 17th. I'm very excited. Do you remember by the way, that part in what what's going on what are you pointing at oh alex like started pointing at something on my phone and i thought it was like secretly calling somebody but that wasn't it i just accidentally clicked on something and he got stressed out anyway do you remember that point in time in the pandemic we were like one month in we were hard locked down like our kids weren't seeing their family it was just us you weren't back in the office yet and then they announced that they would be releasing Trolls World Tour on demand for $25. And the the way Trolls World Tour was our reason for living for like 10 days, like just the lead up, and we would just tell Piper and Leo constantly, like I was pregnant and I was so sick then. I was like, remember Friday night, Trolls World Tour. Like we were so pumped for it. And we made it the biggest event ever because we needed some fun yeah that was fun so i think i like that so i think for that reason alone trolls yeah yeah trolls has nostalgia and it has my loyalty they did did a good thing which also brings me to one of the most like embarrassing things about me which is um i like if you ever need me to like cry on command if you're ever like mary i need you to cry in the next like 30 seconds for something I think I'll just think about the fact that Disney, which I mean, like, it's emotional for me, but I'm sure that they just did it for their own monetary gain. But Disney, right when lockdown was announced, like, within, like, hours of lockdown being announced, they, like, released this graphic that said, like, hey, parents, Frozen 2 being released, like, tomorrow morning on Disney Plus to, like, help parents, like, make their kids happy during the scary time. Um, why am I crying? <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> I swear, every time I think about it. Yeah. My goodness. 
I just think about the fact that they could have milked it for so much money, but they were like, hey, parents, you need something to distract your kids with right now. Here's Frozen 2. Here's what they want. And it saved our butts. I remember, like, it went on Disney Plus and then we gave it to Piper. And she was happy, you know? She was used to going to the park every day for, like, four hours. And then and then COVID hit and she couldn't do it. But at least she had, you know, Elsa and whatnot. Anyway, go see Trolls back together. Or what? what's it called? Trolls band together on November 17th. Um, also on the same day as Bethlehem movie. No, just kidding. That's no. on the 10th. But there are a lot of other things coming out on uh, November 17th, including this new movie starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore called May December. Um, and this is me reading the blurb about it. Another Netflix original that will see the big screen before it streams, which by the way, all these streamers have to premiere the movies like they have to have a theatrical run in order to be eligible for the Oscars. So a lot of these like Netflix movies and stuff and Apple movies like Killers of the Flower Moon is an Apple movie. Napoleon, we'll talk about that later, is an Apple movie. But they have to have a theatrical run in order to be eligible for the Oscars. Anyway, another Netflix original that will see the big screen before it streams this Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore drama from Carol director Todd Haynes can't come quick enough about a television actress, Portman, doing research for a role as a woman, Moore, whose romance with a much younger man landed her behind bars. This one has Oscar bait written all over it. I think I'll probably wait to see this one on streaming, like on Netflix, but it will be in, in theaters on November 17th. Anyway, um, Napoleon. This is another blurb, but there's going to be a movie about Napoleon Bonaparte. That one actually does look pretty good, pretty this exciting. Is the, out of all the movies we've talked about so far, this is the one that you're like, oh yeah, that one actually looks good. Yeah. Not Bethlehem? Yeah. Not Killers of the Flower Moon? That one looks intense, but too much. My goodness. Anyway, um, Napoleon, it is a movie starring... Uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, and there was like drama about this one because Joaquin Phoenix, he is married to Rooney Mara and he wants Rooney Mara to play his like wife in all of his movies. He really wanted Rooney Mara to play Harley Quinn in the new Joker movie and that role like, you know, eventually went to Lady Gaga. That movie is coming out next year. I'm so excited. But also, he really wanted Rooney Mara to play the Vanessa Kirby role in this movie. It was originally supposed to be Jodie Comer. Jodie Comer lost the role, and then uh, Joaquin Phoenix yet again tried to get Rooney Mara to play this role, but it didn't work out. So now Vanessa Kirby is playing his wife. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the history of Napoleon. Like, I mean, like, I know, I know the big details, but that's that's about it. Anyway. This is a blurb about it. Um, in more big director news, Ridley Scott is following up his Gaga Gucci thriller with a wartime epic starring Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby. Charting the rise of Napoleon Bonaparte from nothing to a brutal emperor, the action film lifts the veil on the relationship of the ruler and his wife, Josephine. Oh, look, there's her name, Josephine. Also shedding light on the events of their turmoil had, that their turmoil had on their country. 
Look for it in theaters November 22nd. I'll be there, seated, IMAX, can't wait. Um, next up, we have Saltburn. Um, this is the movie from Emerald Fennell. She is the person behind Promising Young Woman, and she also plays um, the pregnant Barbie in the Barbie movie, and she also plays uh, Camilla in The Crown. Isn't that interesting? She plays Camilla in, like, the Josh O'Connor, like, early days Diana and Charles seasons. Not the most recent one. Anyway, Saltburn, this is a movie... Uh, it says three years ago, Emerald Fennell made her directorial debut with the neon drenched stunner Promising Young Woman. This fall, she's back and so is her star, Carrie Mulligan, for a period thriller about a guy who spends the summer of a lifetime at a, fa- at a fancy estate called Saltburn. Co-stars include Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, and Barry Keoghan. Look for it in theaters on November 24th. I've heard from people that have seen it. Um, that this movie is basically the same plot as, uh, the talented, uh, Mr. Ripley. And I love that movie. So I'm excited to see this one. Next up, we have Maestro. Maestro? Maestro. I know it's Maestro, but whenever I read the word, I want to say Maestro. Um, which reminds me of one of my favorite clips of all time. Do you know what clip I'm about to say? Nope. If you were to think of my favorite YouTube video of all time, not the Pitch Perfect 9-11 one, which I'll link in my stories. But my other favorite YouTube clip of all time. Here's your hint, Elon Musk. It's a Grimes video of her What I Eat in a Day. Oh, yeah. And specifically, it's an Adam Rapon. I think you have shown me that. It's my favorite clip on, online. But the Adam Rapon commentary on like what Grimes eats, on, eats in a day. And she says that like her favorite restaurant in the world is uh mastro's which is just funny because it's like a chain it's a nice chain but it's a chain and her husband at the time elon musk is you know was the richest man in the world anyway maestro okay so maestro is a movie from bradley cooper and it is the story of leonard bernstein the composer behind west side story and many other things and it is his like new biopic Bradley Cooper is, like, directing it, starring in it, etc. There's, like, been a lot of controversy about the prosthetics used on Bradley Cooper. Not a conversation I want to join. I'm just going to let people who, you know, are smart talk it out, and I'll just read everybody's takes about it. But anyway, this movie was supposed to come out last year, but um, people think that it got held back because the movie Tar, which was about another composer and conductor... But I mean, like it was it was a fake movie, not a fake movie. It was a real movie, but not a real story. But people thought that it'd be like too confusing. And they really wanted this movie to perform well at the Oscars. And it probably isn't because there have been so many other great ones. And this movie like opened up to like lukewarm reviews. But here's the blurb about it. Following his directorial debut, A Star is Born, with another musically inclined film, Bradley Cooper directs and stars in this love letter to life and art, shedding light not only on the work of composer Leonard Leonard Bernstein. Cooper's film will, will honor the love story between Bernstein and his wife of 25 years, Felicia, played by Carrie Mulligan, another Carrie Mulligan movie. Also worth noting, Maestro will hit Netflix on December 20th. Yay! I'm excited. I will probably see it in theaters if it is available to me to do so. Um, But what's kind of funny is 
he's been very creative um, with his press strategy because a lot of these celebrities, they need to promote the movie, but they can't outright, you know, promote it. But, like, this movie premiered at the Venice Film Festival. He couldn't go because of the SAG strike. But he, like, decided to be photographed all over Venice on, like, vacation or, like, very near Venice on vacation during that time. So it was, like, promoting it because all of the write-ups in the press were, like, maestro director Bradley Cooper, blah, 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 you know? And now he's, like, out and about seen with Gigi Hadid. Just conveniently around the time when he needs to promote this other movie, but he's not allowed to do so. Very interesting. Next up, we're we're getting to the end here. Um, okay. Next up, we have Poor Things, uh, which is like one of the other favorites for Best Picture. I think it's probably a three man race right now between Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and Oppenheimer. Um, and people think that this is going to be Emma Stone's second Oscar. Here is the the synopsis i've heard that it's very very weird get ready for your ghost lathimost's um boldest venture into the bizarre yet with poor things a reworked frankenstein the film is a collaboration with yathimos vets including actress emma stone and writer tony mcnamara and promises to blend horror comedy and romance to magnificent effect i feel like i didn't pronounce any of those words correctly we're just going to roll with it. It also has Mark Ruffalo in it. Um, I think Olivia Coleman. It's supposed to be very good, but very, very weird. So look for it in theaters on December 8th. Um, people uh, also got after uh, Emma Stone for showing up like around a film festival uh, as a participant, like as like someone that's just there to like see movies at like this movie's premiere. So the stars are like out and about kind of bending the rules of the SAG strike but anyway she like can't campaign for her Oscar yet but people think that it's probably hers um and you know what I like Emma Stone so if they want to give her another Oscar sure that's that's fine let's do it um anyway next up we have the color purple I'm very excited about this um here's the blurb Oprah Winfrey and Steven Spielberg are combining their efforts for another go at adapting Alice Walker's Pulitzer Prize winning novel. Their original film, a brutal but necessary watch that's since become an essential, that's since become essential black cinema, isn't necessarily getting a loyal remake here, though. Instead, the two recruited Blitz Bazoule to direct a musical starring Fantasia Barino and Halle Bailey. Look for it in theaters on December 25th. So it's a Christmas release. And the trailer for that movie like moves me to tears every time I see it. it. Like it's so powerful, you know? I'm not like that familiar with the story of The Color Purple. I know that like I watched it in some class in high school, but I'm very, very excited to see the musical. Um, and I will do so on Christmas. On Christmas Day, should we go? Just kidding. We'll be taking our kids probably to the migration movie, which I should have added to this list, but there's a movie from Illumination Studios, like the same people that do Minions and whatnot, um, called Migration, opening on Christmas Day. Um, last but not, not least, I'm so tired. Last but not least, we have Ferrari! Um, AKA more of Adam Driver doing a silly little accent. Um, here's what the blurb says. You don't have to be a fan of Formula One racing or even fancy Italian sports cars to enjoy Michael Mann's latest. 
although it might help. Starring Adam Driver, fitting for more reasons than his name. (laughs) That that is funny. The film rides shotgun with Enzo Ferrari, the man who spent his life satisfying a need for speed in the building of muscle cars that would dominate racing comps around the globe. Look for it in theaters on December 25th. I'm excited. It also has gotten like lukewarm reviews. Um, It's so weird because like Adam Driver's career, I feel like, isn't hitting the way that we all thought it was going to hit. Like, I thought that he would have had an Oscar by now. But yeah, he keeps doing like these like kind of weirdish things that just like aren't hit in the way that they're supposed to hit. I don't know. My dream of all dreams is for him to like be in the next and final Quentin Tarantino movie. I feel like he could do amazing things with Quentin. You know what I mean? Um, Finals? That's his. He's only doing one more movie? Yeah, probably. Like he says that this will be his final movie. But he, like, he has, like, said things like this before. And, like, this might be his final movie, but then he might do, like, a series or something, you know. Anyway, I'm very excited. I think out of all those, the Killers of the Flower Moon, I'm very excited about. Very excited for Priscilla. Honestly, pumped to check out the Bethlehem movie. Because who knows? Who knows what, what kind of content we can mine from that. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary. You can find us on TikTok at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. Find us on Instagram at, at I Just Want to Chat podcast. And um, if you if you like us, um, if you liked any of this, please uh, rate and subscribe. Leave a review. Do whatever you'd like. It would make me so happy because um, I love validation in all forms. And I also like success and podcasting success is based on things like that so anyway i hope you all have a great week and let me know which movies you're excited about all right i will see you soon okay bye anything anything else to add no but i am the napoleon movie did look pretty impressive in the previews pretty impressive yeah yeah alex is a hard man to impress but he was pretty impressed yeah You think I'm making fun of you, but I'm not. I promise.